All right, let's go to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. I want to talk to you, talk to you tonight about uh, normal has been canceled. Normal has been canceled. And you've heard the news of schools being closed, of uh, NFL, uh, the NBA, uh, events of all kinds. Uh, there's all, all kinds of events. Uh, now we're, we're hearing that we're not supposed to be within six feet of each other and, uh, and that we should not be in groups of 50 or more. I think they've even changed that number. But, I, but um, how many of you know that normal has been canceled? But I just want you to know that God has never been canceled. Yeah. The book of Hebrews, I believe, has this word that he is immutable. You know, the word mute means when you push the mute button, it means to be quiet or just hush. How many of you know God is immutable? The button doesn't work with God. You can't mute him out. Amen. And so what he says will always come to pass. And you can take that to the bank. You can trust that. You don't have to worry or fear or dread what God said about you will always come to pass. And all you got to do is just continue to follow him and not give up. Look at somebody and say, do not give up, but continue to follow the Lord and begin to, you know, just follow his, his will for your life. So uh, uh, let's, let's, let's go to work here. I want to I give this to you. And then at the end here, I want to do something different. All right. So uh, Daniel chapter 1 and verse 1. I'm going to read eight verses. Here's what the Bible says. During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah. I'm going to talk about Jehoiakim here a little bit more in a minute. But uh, he is the son of Josiah. Josiah. If you know anything about the kings of Israel, well, Jehoiakim is the 18th king. And Josiah, his father, began to reign when he was eight years old. Now listen. Josiah led the nation to national revival. And they turned back to God. Only for his son, Jehoiakim, to turn the hearts of the people away from God. Okay? So here, that's what we're looking at. And it is in his reign that King Nebuchadnezzar Nezer of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Notice the word besieged. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Verse 2. It says, The Lord gave him victory, him being Nebuchadnezzar, victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. Now, let me, I, want you, I want you to get this. Don't, let's, don't just read the Bible. Read the Bible. And notice that, that these precious vessels of the house of God were, were stolen by an ungodly king. It would be like... It, it, it would be like someone desecrating the Bible. Or, uh, I hate to even say this, but, and y'all forgive this phrase, okay? I don't want to be too graphic, but it would be like someone urinating on the scripture. It is, ooh, it is so vile. And it is something that, that when he, when Nebuchadnezzar took the things of the house of God, to his house, the people who appreciated those vessels were majorly offended. How many of you know we need to be offended when God's name is drugged through the mud? 
So I want, to, I, want, I want to build an emotion in you, okay? It's what I'm trying to do. So then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Verse 4. Select only... Oh, I want to talk about this right now, but I'm going to wait so I don't get ahead of myself. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men. Now, now we're not in Judah. We're not at Israel any longer. We've been taken out of Judah, out of Israel, there's, there was actually two, two sections of people that were captivated. And this is the first section that was being brought out of Israel, Judah, and taken to Babylon. And they're saying to, to these people, train these young men in what? In the language and literature of Babylon. Okay? All right, verse 5. And it says, the king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and then they would graduate and enter the royal service. Okay? Verse 6. Daniel. Everybody's heard of Daniel. Daniel the lion's den. This is him. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them. Y'all probably heard this before. Renamed them with Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. Azariah was called Abednego. And then verse 8. But Daniel. Everybody say, but Daniel. Thank God for Daniel. Shout that. Say, but Daniel. He was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that normal has been canceled. Father, thank you for this moment that you've given us. Thank you, God, for the word that is in this place. Thank you again for these pastors and this wonderful, wonderful group of people. And I pray that blessings, 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 favor, 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 falls in this house through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we love you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Look at somebody and say, I love the way you did your hair today, all right? Okay, so uh, give, if you will, please hang on with me. Give me a little bit of time. Let me build something, okay? With, with the help of the Lord, of course. Daniel. He's one of my favorite characters in Scripture. He was, of course, an Israelite, lived in Judah because the kingdom had been divided by now. We're no longer in King David's time when the nation was united. But now we're in a divided kingdom, Judah and Israel. And Daniel is born in this culture. He is born, even though that Jehoiakim is an ungodly king, the nation basically still looked to Jehovah as the main uh, point of faith. It was normal for people to attend, uh, you know, to go to the temple. 
it was normal to have bar mitzvahs and let young men come up into the things of the Jewish culture. It was normal for Daniel to hear scripture, to hear prayer, to hear stories about Moses, to learn about David, to understand the wisdom of Solomon. He's being trained in all this culture, okay, as he is in uh, Israel. But he is he has been removed from Israel and Judah, he, and he has been placed in Babylon. We're going to talk about that for just a minute, in just a minute. But notice this. I did not know this until today. But did you know, did you know that the captivity of Israel from their homeland to Babylon occurred on March 16th? 598 B.C. Today, 2,618 years ago, Daniel's normal was canceled. Are y'all hearing me tonight? I think there is relevance for this. Amen. Jehoiakim was king at the time, of course, and I've, I've already said that he was very ungodly. He was the son of Josiah, I've said that, that, has, that brought the nation to a, a, a national revival. And, and, and here's, here's, what, here's what happened is Jehoiakim had previously made deals with Nebuchadnezzar and had paid him double tribute to leave them alone. But in the space of two years, Nebuchadnezzar came in spite of Jehoiakim's um, uh, negotiations with him and he ransacked the city he besieged the city and took captive the people of Israel and here's my point with that you cannot negotiate with the devil oh that's a revival right there in itself you can't negotiate with the devil the enemy of your soul only understands one thing and that is for you to stand and and swing your, your uh, sling and then cut off his head once the rock hits his forehead. How many of you know you cannot negotiate with the devil? You will always come up short. Amen. So Daniel was raised in this culture and taught scripture. And, and he, uh, he kept the Jewish traditions. But Nebuchadnezzar came, besieged the city... And the word besieged here means to confine, shut in, and shut up. Okay? And he stole the things of the temple, and he took a large portion of them and people back to Babylon. And for those people, they changed from a godly culture to a pagan culture. They were no longer in a, in a godly culture they were transferred to a pagan culture and all their plans got canceled. Their plans were canceled. 
Their graduations were canceled. Their wedding plans were canceled. Their business ideas were canceled. Their trips were canceled. Their, everything they had put their life into was canceled. And they were transferred from a godly culture to a pagan culture. And Daniel found himself suddenly in a nation that did not honor God did not respect the law, could care less about the traditions of the Jews, and he had, he, had, he had to make a decision on how he was going to go forward in his faith. Is anybody with me tonight? And, and this is not too far-fetched for us today, even though it is on the same day that the children of Israel were taken captive. How many of you know it wasn't too long ago that prayer took place in our schools? It was not too long ago that Sunday was seen as the Lord's Day. You didn't have tournaments all day long on Sunday because people would not attend because they would go to church. It wasn't too far in our distant past that, 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 that we see that marriage was between a man and a woman. And that boys were boys and girls were girls. It wasn't too long ago that people would have a coffee table in their living room on which was the family Bible. Is anybody hearing me tonight? And most people attended church, honored the ministry, honored policemen and authority. But ladies and gentlemen, we find ourselves in a position where times have changed and normal has been canceled. And we are faced with a decision of how we are going to continue our faith. Amen? And if you throw in the coronavirus crisis... Schools are closed, events are changed, sports have been canceled, there's been a run on supplies. I think it's ironic that we have the best economy our history has ever known, but we are fighting over food. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, may the church awaken to realize that normal has been canceled. Amen? Has your normal been canceled? What do you do when what you planned you realize is not going to happen? How do you handle life interruptions? If, well, let me just say it this way. If you've not had an interruption of your normal, get ready. It's on its way. Amen. And the church must learn. Please hear me. If you, have, if, you, if you have not got anything out of the services so far, would you please hear me? You have got to learn how to navigate when normal changes in your life. You cannot allow the, the change of your normal to shake your faith. Because God, Jesus Christ, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did for Daniel, he will do for you. If he preserved Peter in the prison, he'll preserve us with coronavirus. I done preached myself happy right there, ladies and gentlemen. Can we just give God a praise for just a minute? Give God praise because he is the same. Don't let your normal change your faith. Amen? So... Uh, your normal is going to get canceled. I promise you that. And the church has got to learn to navigate that 
And, uh, and you know, let me, let me just say this. Let me just warn you. In the event that we are not allowed to have services, I just want you to know, and I'm not saying that's what it's going to be. I have no idea. But I just need you to be aware that it, it, it should not change how you serve God. Or pay your tithe. Amen. I mean, how many of you know that if you miss two Sundays, it's not going to cause you to backslide? You're stronger than that. We're better than that. Amen. In fact, well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. How many of you know that we just have to navigate when our normal is been canceled? Is that my phone ringing? My phone is ringing. My Lord. And it's granny. It's granny. Granny is calling. My normal is about to change. <laughs> I apologize for not turning my phone off. Wow. Wasn't that beautiful? Amen. Okay, here we go. When your normal is, is changed, when your normal has been canceled, the first thing we need to learn from Daniel is not to allow it to change your identity. Um, notice, can I go back to verse 6 and 7? And I want to I show you something um, that I think is very important. Um, it says, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen all from the tribe of Judah. Next verse. The chief of staff renamed them. He renamed them. Now, I just want to focus on that just for a second. But notice this, and you're going to see a parallel of the Scripture with our day, okay? What they, what they were required to do when they got to Babylon, the king, the king, very wise, even though he was ungodly, he knew that the way, that in order for these people to not cause him trouble, and in order for these people to surrender and submit to his will over their lives, is he had to change their identity. And he, so he said, he said, I want these young, notice that they were the, the best looking young men, the wise young men, and the most powerful young men of Israel. He said, I want them. Because they are influencers. And I want them to be trained in the culture of Babylon. In other words, I want them to forget the culture they came from. Oh, I could preach right there. Because how many of you know, I like all the new stuff in church. But let's not be so new that we forget where we came from. That we can't do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. That the cross is still the answer for our lives. That even though, even though things are great and technology is awesome, we still need some old-fashioned knee-bending prayer giving to God. Come on, y'all. Don't let this change of our normal change our identity of who we are. And y'all probably have heard this before, but of course, uh, Daniel's name means God is my judge. But Belteshazzar, they changed his name to Belteshazzar, which, which means the Lord of the treasure. And how many of you know Lord Little L, which means it's a, it's a demonic spirit. 
of finance and, and gaining more and getting more and getting more. My identity is in how much money I have and how much stuff I have. Look at Babylon. Look at the beauty of Babylon. The Lord of finance is everywhere because my identity is in the beauty and the majesty and the architecture and everything. But how many of you know, I'd rather have a, I'd rather have a little shack where the Holy Ghost is than a cathedral where it's dead as, as dry bones. Amen? Amen. Hananiah. Hananiah means God has favored. But they changed his identity or changed his name to Shadrach, which means the God of Aku, A-K-U, the moon God. And so so, uh, it is, again, a demonic identity, a change from godly culture to a demonic identity. Uh, Mishael, which means... Who is what God is? That's what his name means. Who is what God is? And they, na- they changed his name to Meshach, which means this. Check this out. Who is who Aku is? And it's so similar, but yet it's so far from what you've been born to do. I've I've got to tell some people in this room tonight, I don't know where you came from or what the enemy's tried to do for you, but the best thing that the enemy can accomplish in your life is to change your identity, your God-given identity. And in the name of Jesus, I don't know about you, but I declare that we are the the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ and that we refuse. Somebody shout and say, I refuse to let the devil rename who I am. I refuse to let what I went through identify who I am. My goodness. Amen. So Azariah means Jehovah has helped. But Abednego, the name they changed it to, means slave of the God Nergal. I'm telling you, the enemy, what the enemy wants to do through even what we are seeing today, what you saw on the news and what his people everywhere is talking about. He wants to change our identity. And I've come to tell someone in this room, we either set the culture or we reflect the culture. Amen? We either set the culture or we reflect the culture. Let me go on. The second thing I want you to do if your normal has been canceled is to not lose your humility. The reason that King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to bring these young men to himself, you know what he did? He started feeding them steak. He started feeding them good stuff. They've been eating, you know, all that Jewish food. You know, they've probably been down there to, the, to that old diner that, that, you know, has roaches crawling on the wall. But this guy, the king brought food from his own kitchen, Texas Roadhouse. Come on, y'all. I mean, he brought it out. And he said, said, look, basically what he was saying, he said, I'm going to build up your pride. I'm going to build this up. I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to make you wealthy. I'm going to make you princes in Babylon. You are going to be lifted up. You're not going to be this... This humble Jewish culture boy anymore. You're going to be the man in Babylon. And I'm going to build you up. I'm telling you what. 
we better wake up and see that even our universities are trying to teach our young men and women against the culture of the Bible and lift up them in their pride and show them I can make you rich. I can make you wealthy if you'll follow the culture of the university. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Oh, I about got in trouble right there. I can tell that. But how many of you know something? You have to, you have to understand that in, while, while this is happening in our world, don't lose your humbleness before God. Amen? Because how many of you know he's the only hope we have? Without him, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things. Uh, can we just stop and give him a praise in this place today? Come on, y'all. Come on, let's give God praise. Amen? So as you know, as you know, I mean, I don't think anybody in this room can deny that the normal that we have known in the, even the last 10 years has been canceled. And I, I just want to say this. I'm not an alarmist. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. But I promise you, I promise you that the way we were even a year ago, we will not ever go back to. There is a change happening in our culture right now that the church better learn how to navigate by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so let's not be afraid. Say, say this out loud. Say, I will not be afraid. I will trust God. Because how many of you know he always wins? Stay humble, ladies and gentlemen. Stay humble. Honor God. Give your life to the Lord. Give him your heart. Amen? And, 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 then, and then thirdly, and this is really where I want to land tonight. This is it right here. Anytime your normal is culture, your normal is canceled, it it always brings upheaval. It brings change. It brings a demand for new decisions. Okay? All right, so here we go. Number three. I want the church to do this. Always look for opportunity. When your normal has been changed. Amen. I've got news for you. If, if the naysayers feel like this is going to shut churches down. I've got news for you. The church of Jesus Christ is not going to sit down and shut up. Amen. We are not going to go silent. Amen. Because, because God has always had a church. Amen. Even if Eli, even if Eli sins and goes the wrong way, he'll raise up a Samuel. Even if King Saul sins and goes against God, there's always a shepherd boy in, the, in, in taking care of the sheep that God can raise up. Amen. If God's men and women will not obey him, he'll bring somebody out of the trash and restore them and there will always be a church full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, now watch this, watch this. I've said this two times tonight. I want to say it the third time. God always wins. God always wins. Okay, let me, let me show you something. Here comes the opportunity. Okay, uh, so it was, not a, it was not a pretty thing that Judah had sinned. 
Jehoiakim did not lead the people back to God. He led them away from God. Okay? Negative. That's not a good thing. Okay? It's not a good thing that Nebuchadnezzar came and took the, the valuables from the temple and then took captives back to Babylon. Not a good thing that he tried to change the identity of these Jewish boys so he could, he could pour into them the Babylonian culture. But you listen to me. Are you all ready for this? All of it was God's plan. All of it was God's plan. You think it's negative right now, but how many of you know God knows exactly what he's doing? Okay, let me show you something. Y'all remember in just a few, few short verses what happens. Well, the king has a dream. He, he forgets what it, what it is. He said, I, 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 I need to know the interpretation of this. And he brought his, all of his uh, soothsayers in. And they could not tell the interpretation, could they? And so the king said, I'm going to kill all of you. All of you, a bunch of losers. I'm going to kill all of you. But Daniel said, go tell the king I, just give me some time. And Daniel did what? He prayed. He humbled himself before God. And God showed him the interpretation of the dream. And later on, we, we know what that dream was. That there was this huge image. And I just want you to know that this one thing in the Bible proves to me that God is real. Because it is pre-written History given to us 2,000 plus years ago. Amen. And then we have the head of gold, which is what? Which is Babylon. And, and by the way, when we go down to this image, these are the empires that brought persecution to the Jewish people. And God pays attention to, to those that persecute his people. Y'all hearing me? And we know that the head is the head of gold. It is Babylon. And Daniel said, Nebuchadnezzar, you're it. You're the head of gold. Then we go down to a weaker metal, silver, which was the Medo-Persians that would come after Babylon fell. And then we go to a weaker metal, which is brass, which was the Greeks. And by the way, before I get too far, do y'all realize that when, that when uh, uh, Alexander the Great, when he rode into with all of his army, when he rode into Babylon to destroy them, there was a priest that ran out and stopped him and said, I want to show you this dream. And he showed him this dream. He told him what Daniel had written down. And he showed Alexander the Great, these items, and said, you are in this dream. And Alexander the Great got off of his horse and bent his knee and gave worship to God because he saw that that was pre-written history. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Then we go to a weaker metal, legs of iron, which is who? The Roman Empire, the two legs, the eastern and the western division of the Roman Empire. But then we get to the feet, which is what? Iron and clay mixed. Y'all hear me just for a minute. It's weaker. The gold is the most pure. It gets all weaker all the way down, and it's the weakest when there is iron and clay mixed. 
It is iron because it is a resemblance of the old Roman Empire. It is clay mixed together, which I believe is a type of democracy. And somebody says, well, isn't America a democracy? We are actually a republic. There is a difference between a republic and a democracy. I don't have time to go into that. Just look at that up and then study that. But what I want you to see is that from, from, from Babylon, the Medo-Persians, to the Greeks, to the Romans, to a, some type of democracy. He said, he's, this is pre-written history. How many of you can predict what is going to happen in 2,000 years? We don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. How can you... How can you be like Jesus and predict your own death? And that's the easy part. You can predict when you're going to raise from the dead. Oh, can y'all hear what I'm saying? God is real. Somebody shout, God is real. All right, let me go on because here's, here's the opportunity. The opportunity is that the feet is iron and clay. And the Bible says, you'll read it in, in Daniel, that it is at when that empire comes on the scene, when that empire comes into full fruition, guess what? There is a stone cut out of the mountain and, and it is hurled where? Not at the head, not the chest. It is hurled at the feet. And when it hits the feet, it causes all of the empires of the world to crumble. And the, and the rock, that little stone that hits the feet begins to grow and fills up the entire world and fills the entire earth. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm saying to you that no matter what happens in the earth, it is an opportunity to prove that God is still God and he will fill this earth with his kingdom once and for all. The kingdoms of this world belong to our God. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Say this out loud. Say, don't worry. God knows what he's doing. Do y'all believe that? Amen. And if God can take care of the whole world, how many of you know he can take care of your situation and your needs? Amen. Okay. So, let me, let me, let me kind of land this here just real quickly. I thought about this. I thought, you know, Lord, I am so appreciative of the opportunity to get to come to this beautiful church and be with your beautiful pastors. And, you know, I've been around churches, pastors a long time. I don't know very much, but I've just seen a lot, okay? And, uh, you know, and I just, and I said this, I think the last time I was here, I see it again that, this time. But you guys have potential for some major growth. I'm just telling you, I'm not trying to butter you up. I'm just telling you the truth. There's a major and with all this fear happening, guess what? The people of God need to learn how to navigate when their normal is canceled. You know why? Because the Bible prophesies in the last days that 10 men will hang on to the man of God and say, I'm going with you because you know you're God. Amen. And so don't be afraid. Be the church. This church is going to grow. Pastor, don't worry about the next building program or how you're going to make room yet. God will open the door. He'll open the door. And guess what? God can snap his fingers and raise up another facility. I don't know if he even is happy about another set of plans being brought before him. And say, Lord, 
let me look good and build this church. The truth is God builds a man. He doesn't build ministry. He doesn't build ministry. He builds the man. And if he has the man, he has the ministry. Amen? So I thought about this. I thought, Lord, I don't want to just have three sermons together. You know how Matt, Pastor Matt, this, I'm going to tell you our preacher's secret, all right? Is, you know, sometimes, you know, preachers kind of gather up their three best sermons and go preach them. And I want it to be different than that. I want it to, be, I want it to hit your heart. I want, it, I want it to be what you need. I have a concern about myself and you. That when we leave here, it won't take two days and we've forgotten what God has done for us. I'll forget. If I'm not careful, I'll forget what an honor and what a privilege it is to hold this microphone and preach in your church. What an honor it is. What an honor it is to have my fiance come and be with me. And after all we've been through, look at, look at us. Look at us. God is good. Isn't this awesome? You know, we, she's on spring break this week, so she got to come with me. And, you know, I mean, God is good. Both of us, our normal has been canceled from our past. But you know what? I kind of like the new normal. Kind of like it. So don't, don't let these sermons or these services just kind of say, oh, well, it's over. We may not even get to come to church Sunday or whatever, 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 yada, yada, yada. How many of you know we know who we are? Say this out loud. Say, I'm a blood-bought child of the King. I'm not afraid. God's got this. Lead on. I will follow. Amen? And let's change this culture for God. You know, at least, at least, Pastor Matt, this is my cry. I pray that as this church sits on this hill and this busy highway, that this church is like a red waving flag saying to the public, you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to. Come home. Because there's a culture of godliness in this place. Amen? That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for you. I, uh, I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to do something a little different. Here we go. Father, we just... I thank you for these three services. And I don't want to take them for granted. I've been so blessed just to be able to preach to these precious, precious people. So blessed to be here with Pastor Matt, his precious family. So blessed to be here with Shelly and, you know, just this, this moment in my life. The enemy, what the enemy meant for harm, God, you're turning. I see you turning it for our good. Now, Lord, I pray as we just face this mountain of trouble. And be honest with you, Lord, we don't know. We don't know if it's hyped up or if it's real. We, we kind of feel like it's somewhere in the middle, but Lord, we don't know. But you know what? It, it has come to a place where it demands our attention. And here's what we resolve to do. 
we resolve, it will not change our identity. I will stay humble before God. And I will look for the opportunity because I know in pre-written history, in the end, you win. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to do two things. First of all, if you're in this room, every head bowed, every eye closed.